This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the show. This is the Thursday Lit Lit Show on the 18th of January, 2024. You're all very welcome. We have a great show lined up tonight, talking about early career teachers, or MQTs as we know them. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the show. And with me tonight is Meta. Meta, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Paul? Oh, I can hear you loud and clear now. That's great. Meta, you're coming all... Am I saying that right, by the way, Meta? Yes, perfect, Paul. Oh, that's good. That's good because my Norwegian isn't great. And I'm <laughs> not going to try your surname. What is your surname, Meta? It's Valby. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. (laughs) (laughs) So look, our show tonight is coming all the way from Northern Ireland here, where we have a little sprinkling of snow. Nothing, I'm going to guess, uh, compared to what you've got. You're in Norway, aren't you? That's correct. I'm in Stavanger, which is a city in uh, southwestern Norway. And we have... Tons of snow right now, so heavy snowfall. And of course, you're well used to it, I would guess. Yeah, but not so much as this uh, in this part of Norway. But um, it's winter wonderland, anyhow. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, it does sounds lovely. Yeah, we're not so used to snow here in Northern Ireland, and everything just comes to to like a standstill. But it's nice to look at. Uh, for a day or two, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Meta, um, you were in Ireland last week and that's you were right. talking about, um, well, you were really talking about NQTs, although we now know them as ECTs, early career teachers, and so on. How did you find your visit to Ireland? Oh, I loved it. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, it was my first time to Dublin, which was a wonderful city, uh, and also the Congress. Uh, I attended the International Congress for School Effectiveness and Improvement, and it was great. So, so interesting presentations, and I learned so much. It was. It was a great conference. Yeah, yeah. Lots of uh, lots of big names, but uh, yeah. an awful lot to to learn some very cutting edge um, projects going on and lots of networking, of course. Yeah, well. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So important, yeah. so important for the field and, and for future collaboration as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So Meta, your focus was on early career teachers and burnout. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's funny when, when I read about you and, and your paper and you were giving your talk and your, your research and so on, which we'll come to, I kind of thought early career teachers 
and burnout, they, they shouldn't be two things that go together. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was a strange thing. So what's the story there? Why are young teachers feeling burnt out? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's not a short answer to that, but we have an hour, haven't we? <laughs> we have. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, beginning teachers, they are, they are maneuvering a demanding and complex profession. Uh, where they repeatedly need to handle difficult and stressful situations, which may negatively affect their health. So, yeah. uh, so they have full responsibility from the first day, the same work tasks as experienced colleagues who has worked as teacher for maybe five, 10 or 15 years, maybe. Uh, and there is no clearly defined path, which requires endless flexibility. Uh, and also, uh, in Norway, the initial teacher education lasts for five years, uh, and still uh, the NQTs or ECTs experience that they have so much to learn. And I yeah. think that it, I think that is because it's a difference between learning to become a teacher and learning to be a professional educator. It's a difference there. So some things also must be learned in the workplace both formally and informally. That's very interesting. It's very interesting, first of all, that um, initial teacher education is five years in Norway. That's mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's three or four, it's four years here. Um, yeah. But that, that extra year, yeah. Um, that's an interesting point you make, and I do agree with you. Um, you can learn a lot in the five years at a university and you'll have placements and so on but a lot of that learning to become a teacher happens in your first placement is that fair to yeah. say yeah 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 that's that's true absolutely yeah. so what are some of the things that you know young teachers learn when they're thrown into the classroom for want of a better phrase i i think that what they experience as challenging is the classroom management. You know, mm. they, they are prepared and they have learned what's important and how to facilitate learning for pupils. But there, there are so many things happening in that classroom uh, that they have to uh, make didactic choices all the time. There, there is a recent Norwegian study that shows that teachers make in average, and listen to this poll, 700 decisions on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So and Meta, do you see in my case, when I taught, a lot of those decisions were mistakes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, yeah, you're never sure they're often quick fixes, right? So you're never yes. sure that you make the right decision. And that makes you question yourself. And mm -hmm. when you're uh, newly qualified, maybe you are not so secure also. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And some of those decisions are very important, you know, and as you say, they're made, they're almost made instantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it not possible then to teach classroom management? Oh yeah, I think it absolutely it is. Uh, and 
uh, in initial teacher education in Norway as well as in other countries, uh, the pre service teachers they have practicum, right? So that they yeah they train they train on on these skills, uh, but still it's it's difficult because the situations vary. You cannot do the same thing in every situation because even they look alike or are similar, they will not be the same because it depends on the context, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course it does. Yeah. So learning the theory of classroom management is different from the day to day mm -hmm. practice Absolutely. of classroom yeah. management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that then leads to burnout. Is that mm -hmm. one of your conclusions? Yeah, well, uh, I think that in the study that I uh, had, uh, the teachers, the, the beginning teachers, uh, they, they felt different uh, or, or they felt um, various symptoms, uh, stress related, uh, chronic stress related symptoms, uh, which yeah. uh, were related to exhaustion and demotivation, uh, kind of like brain fog. It was difficult for them to remember, difficult to concentrate, and everything was going in slow motion, which is the contrary of what these teachers need. So exactly. when so when they miss out on being effective, they fall behind, and that too causes stress. So it becomes yeah. a spiral of negativity, uh, yeah. and then yeah. other symptoms as well. I mean, severe headaches. They were emotionally drained. Uh, some were telling that they were crying multiple times a day and constantly worrying. And they were worrying not only for themselves, but they were worrying for their pupils, for their colleagues for the working conditions mm -hmm. and several also experienced insomnia and various degrees of depressions. So, uh, I mean, teachers in general are hardworking and beginning teachers in particular, in addition, feel that they seldom are good enough, that they always need mm -hmm. to improve. Uh, and, yeah. and when you have reduced, yeah, so no, when you have reduced time for rest over a long period of time, then the intensity and complexity is, is special for teacher profession, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's very true, Meta. It's something I've always said that there's kind of no beginning and there's certainly no end to teaching. Oh, it's, right. it's not like, yeah, it's not, it's not like a football match where the whistle goes at the end and, you know, you know, the score, the crowd goes home, the teams go home. Teaching never mm -hmm. ends. And mm -hmm. I've always felt, I've certainly worked with a lot of teachers who have felt that no matter how many hours work they put in, it's not enough. No. That they could always do more or mm -hmm. at least do things, you know, better. Yeah. Mm. 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 And, and then go ahead. Yeah. 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 No, I, I was just thinking that uh, also teachers and, and beginning teachers then must deal with many people, right? Many issues. And, and that they feel constantly overwhelmed because they cannot choose social distancing. If, yeah. they if they want to take a step back, if they want to close the door to their office, and by the way, they often do not have any office, but 
but they mm -hmm. cannot do that because the pupils are all around uh, or the colleagues are all around. Yeah. 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 Yes, that's another interesting thing. Yes. Um, it's a lonely profession. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're alone as an adult in that room and yet you're with people. Yeah. You know, that's you're with right. 20, 25, 30 people. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so in it's... one sense, you're hidden away. And yet, in another sense, you're in full view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I suppose I always found as well, Meta, is that as teachers, we're not good at sharing. Like, for example, we tend not to, you know, we tend not to come out of a class and go to a colleague and, you know, say, oh, do you know what? I've just smashed Pythagoras's theorem. I've done it really well. Mm -hmm. This is fantastic. Mm. Whereas I think some other professions, there's much more of a dialogue between colleagues. Like mm. I, I would know some solicitors and barristers who would very much talk openly about, you know, their successes, their failures and, you know, ways of doing things. Do you think that's fair to say of teachers that we don't have that level of sharing? Yeah, I, I think that's uh, accurate, unfortunately, because uh, I think there is some research showing that communities of practice is absolutely the foundation of success in schools mm. uh, and um, then you need to share you need to have a culture for sharing yeah yeah and is that not the case in broadly in schools uh, i th i think it differs uh, yeah. I think I think some schools uh, make that happen, uh, and others are not so good. I, I think maybe that has something to do with the leadership in the schools as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose I'm wondering, you know, is it is it more to do with culture, or is it about practical kind of arrangements as well? You know, I'm not sure what it's like in Norway, but. You know, here in the UK, we get very little free time now. You know, we get very little time for preparation, mm -hmm. being able to share with colleagues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an issue. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yes. Yeah. So um, early career teachers, then you, you mentioned a, a lot of the symptoms that they have, you know, mm -hmm. ranging from disorientation through to headaches through to insomnia, um, you know, forms of, of depression, maybe anxiety and so on. And I think I've mm -hmm. seen every one of those in, in many, many mm -hmm. um, colleagues, some of them maybe not so, so early in their careers either. Mm -hmm. um, what then, Meta, is burnout? What, what would you define as burnout? I would say that Burnout can be described as a state of chronic stress uh, related to exhaustion and demotivation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. So it's it's really a chronic kind of version of those symptoms? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and, and what about 
can burnout be managed? Is there is there a recovery from burnout or? Yeah, sure. Uh, there is, and I th- I think that we also need to talk about that there is a vulnerability, uh, especially with NQTs or ECTs. Um, because I, I, I think two types of vulnerability, a contextual vulnerability, uh, where it all depends on who are the pupils that the newly qualified teacher uh, meet in the classroom, who are yeah. the parents of the pupils, and what kind of support uh, do the newly quali- does the newly qualified teachers get from the colleagues? That, that's mm-hmm. a contextual vulnerability. But then also there is a structural vulnerability um leading to lack of control and lack of autonomy uh which is related to working conditions uh and as previous research has shown uh, no control or no autonomy over time they are key drives of burnout right okay well let's go back to the the contextual vulnerability for a minute meta mm-hmm. yeah yeah, tell us a little bit more about what's going on there. Well, uh, as I said, it all depends on the pupils. And I think that it's a global agreement that um, we should have inclusive schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, the, is definitely something that we strive for. But at the same time, it's a challenge, both for uh, NQTs and also for experienced teachers. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean by inclusive schools there, Meta? I mean that, uh, at least in, in Norway, uh, there are no special schools. So every pupils ah, yeah. are, yeah. Right. Some some talk about special needs education in Norway. We talk about inclusive education. Uh, yeah. I see what you mean. So yeah, yeah. So they're all inclusive. So you have the full range of ability in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. So diversity is a good thing, uh, and it's also a challenge. Yes. 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 Yeah. So really, then it's about, you know, preparing lessons and pitching lessons that mm-hmm. uh, encompass the most able right through to uh, the most challenged students who have difficulty learning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And how, how, how do teachers cope with that? Do they cope well or? I think that they try the best they can. Uh, and also they they learn a lot uh, and they prepare during initial teacher education Uh, Mm -hmm. but then again uh, as you mentioned earlier now they always strive and they uh, feel that they should do better to adapt Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. and would would the rationale for inclusive schools what what is that about what what's the reasoning for you know fully inclusive schools uh, it's the mandate of schools uh, 
that everyone has the right to education. Uh, mm -hmm. That's that's the main mandate. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 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 You see, here in Northern Ireland. And I think to a lesser extent, you know, in, in, in the rest of the UK, we have it, we have inclusive education. Education is inclusive. Everybody is entitled to a full curriculum, but mm -hmm. we do have different types of schools. Um, okay. So I, I suppose broadly there would be, be three types. You know, we would have special schools for people who have learning difficulties or challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, we then have grammar schools at the other extreme and although you know it's not a hard and fast rule but it's probably fair to say you know that there's an academic elitism there you usually have to pass an entrance exam of some sort to get into those schools yeah and then in between of those two we would have um well in northern ireland we call them non-selective schools um they're usually just right. post-primary or secondary schools yeah mm -hmm. but yeah everybody has the right to follow or to engage with the same curriculum mm -hmm. but i suppose one of the thing well you know that that's not why we're here to talk tonight but th there would be many issues with having kind of three kind of broad schools like that but one of the things is it, it certainly does narrow down the focus of the teachers teachers in grammar schools are able to pitch their lessons yeah. in a way that teachers in you know maybe a special school couldn't do mm -hmm. yeah and then we would have yeah. teachers of course who would specialize uh in, in special education and so on mm -hmm. yeah okay so that's a contextual vulnerability uh, yeah. or, or one of them anyhow that they have to pitch their lessons to a broad range and that of course is stressful we all know that yeah you said then that there were structural vulnerabilities. Yeah. So let's focus on them for a moment. What would the structural vulnerabilities be? So lack of control, uh, lack of autonomy, uh, mm. uh, and that the working conditions, you know, um, you have different work tasks and uh, there are always more work tasks added uh, mm. Mm. and you don't have to or, or you have to just do the best you can mm. uh, and i think that when you feel that you don't control uh, it's it's difficult what do you mean by control there meta do you mean discipline or no uh oh that's a good uh thing that you asked that i i, I think more like you know the curriculum is one thing uh and then different work tasks that the school leaders uh say that the teachers are going to do right okay so in so, norway so that cut yeah Go ahead, go ahead, yeah. No, so, so that also relates to autonomy and how much autonomy each teacher or newly qualified teacher, ECTs, uh, feel that they, they have in their work. 
yeah. which is related to working conditions. Yes. Do you have a national curriculum in Norway? Yeah, we have a national curriculum. Okay, so the curriculum is more or less dictated to the yeah. teachers. They they, mm -hmm. they know what yes, what needs yeah. to be covered and what needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, so there's yeah. Mm -hmm. And then by autonomy, what, what do you mean by autonomy, Meta? Yes. How how can you? What methods can you use? Uh, how much focus can you have on certain subjects? certain right. topics yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah now my understanding is norway has a very good reputation uh, for teaching for learning for schools and for how it manages itself and so on mm -hmm. um is the teaching of good quality i mean you, you talked about autonomy and how teachers teach you know would there mm -hmm. be active learning are students engaged mm -hmm. is it dynamic is it yeah so that is definitely yeah that is definitely yeah go that ahead. is definitely something that uh, pre-service teachers uh, work with during their initial teacher education uh, mm -hmm. to be as active as possible uh, to learn and to facilitate learning yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and you, you talked about conditions then so a structural um vulnerability might be conditions what would you mean by conditions so when i mean the working conditions of teachers uh, mm -hmm. i i should maybe not say this can be a bit provocative but but i think that uh, too many teachers have unbearable working conditions mm. uh, which is leading to burnout uh, I don't know how it is in in Northern Ireland or in the yeah. UK, but in Norway it, recently, uh, it has been issues with violence against teachers, uh, threats oh, okay. against yeah, teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that fam familiar to you as well? Eh, it, it, it would be, yes. I, I thought, first of all, Meta, you were going to talk about, you know, the fabric of the building and what the buildings were like. I understand, um, yeah. Yeah. And, for, and um, for, some, for some, that is the issue as well, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm retired now from, you know, mainstream teaching. I still do some other work, but I taught for 39 years and I always had terrible luck teaching or maybe maybe it was just what they saw in me but in one of my first teaching jobs I taught in a converted cloakroom and <laughs> yeah. when it rained <laughs> yeah but you can imagine how small and narrow it was um, mm -hmm. and when it rained the, the the water would just stream down the wall on the inside on the inside yeah. of the walls you know and the floors got very slippery and and so on yeah yeah um, and I, I had a number of kind of rooms or locations uh, like that. Um, so we, we would have a number of schools that are of an age now where they would need replaced. But of course, that's a very expensive uh, mm -hmm. thing to do now. Yeah. Yeah. But you kind of maybe meant more in terms of behavior and discipline. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, both. 
mm. the things that you mentioned now as well, but but also pupil behavior is a challenge uh, mm. for teachers. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now I've not ever been to Norway, uh, but my view of Norway is, you know, that it's okay, of course, it's going to have issues, but you know, that it's a relatively calm, peaceful country. Uh -huh. um, how significant are behavioral issues in schools in, in Norway? I think that uh, schools reflect society. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so the behavior that we see uh, among pupils uh, reflect what we see in society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm. Um, there would be concerns uh, in, in schools here about behavior. Um, maybe not so much in Northern Ireland, but certainly in other places in the UK, there would be major concerns. Mm. Um, I do some work with teachers who go out on placements, you know, uh, their uh, teaching practice, we call it. Um, one of their concerns is managing behavior. It's yeah. probably fair to say that's, that's true of, uh, you know, NQTs or ECTs or induction teachers, as we also used to call them. Mm -hmm. uh, behavior is probably one of their biggest concerns. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they tend to own the concern do you know, if there's a behavior issue in a class that teacher tends to think the problem is with them yeah and that they need to change and, and mm. so on and that can add terribly to yeah. their distress yeah absolutely and also that i think there are expectations that beginning teachers have developed competences in many areas where they have little or no experience Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so if they are to develop their pedagogy in, in an inclusive setting, they, they need support, both from their colleagues and from their school leaders. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's come to support in a minute. Um, one of the things, you know, I used to talk to beginning teachers about was, um, or one of the things I met in them was this kind of need to survive the first year or two. Um, mm -hmm. You talked there about, you know, their pedagogy and so on. Quite often uh, there would be so much effort and focus go into the pedagogy that it was almost like it was missed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. By that. It, it, so much effort. There was tremendous learning in their university. Mm -hmm. They learned the theory. They learned how to teach history, English, geography, maths, science. Mm -hmm. And they would go into schools. And as you say, they're thrown into the chaos of every day. They're making 700 decisions a day. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of them are, you know, tough decisions. It's all coming at them. Yeah. And when you're a little bit more experienced, you kind of realize everything you learned in university kind of goes out the window in the moment. It, mm -hmm. It's obviously true and it's, it's theory, but that's what it is. The practice is very different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they will try to teach to the theory, yeah. religiously to teach to the theory. 
instead of maybe taking a step back and kind of looking at what they're doing and mm. coming up with you know novel or creative or different ways of doing it would you find anything like that goes on i i think it's very interesting what you are saying now because i think that many uh, novice teachers they also set high standards and have expectations for themselves professionally because they have prepared for this role for years, right? Mm -hmm. So so they have learned different pedagogical methods and they want to introduce new approaches. But then again, mm -hmm. every work task is so time consuming that they experience to just become traditional teachers, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, that's an interesting concept you raised. Time. I mean, I think, you know, novice teachers don't understand necessarily time. How long does it take a class to become proficient in a topic or, or something? I think they always underestimate that. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah, what but... I meant by, you know, they're so much, they're so busy teaching what they have to teach that yeah. their focus comes off the learning a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. And and the complexity in the classrooms. Well, that doesn't help, sure doesn't. That just complicates things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what support do early career teachers need? I think that they need support from their colleagues and also from school leaders and from mentors. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier that NQTs, ECTs often feel alone or teachers in their practices feel alone uh, and especially uh, the beginning teachers, they need the support from the experienced teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does that happen in a school? I think it's uh, different approaches uh, and communities of practice, um, but also uh, some of the things that we do in the project that I have had is um, that we have school-based mentors. Mm -hmm. So we have mentors that uh, supervise newly qualified colleagues okay. in the induction programs. Yeah. But what I'm really wondering is how does that work? Um, you know, are they paid? Is it part of their responsibilities? Yeah, it is. Ah, so, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right. also the, the, the mentors are formally qualified. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that meta. How does that work? How do they get qualified? And Yeah. So, so well, maybe I should say something about the induction programs with mentoring them because yes. those, pro those programs were, were introduced to, to provide support and, and to 
facilitate the professional development for for NQTs or ECTs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a teacher's emotional exhaustion can influence pupils' achievement. So, so induction programs with mentoring have been implemented, aiming to offer uh, these beginning teachers support and and to foster their professional development. and mm-hmm. And the programs also intend to I- increase teacher retention. Yeah. So, so what's special, Paul, in in the Norwegian context is that there is a national framework uh, with principles and guidelines for mentoring NQTs or ECTs, uh, and was established to provide uh, an artifact for the institutionalization of mentoring NQTs mm-hmm. or ECTs. So, in 2018, I think it was, it was an agreement between the stakeholders that was signed, which intended them to provide uh, mentoring in induction programs to novice teachers in kindergartens, in primary, secondary and upper secondary schools after they, after completing in initial teacher education and, and for the two f- uh, following years then. Okay, yeah. So, so, so there are... Um, guidelines related to to the mentors being formally qualified as i mentioned um, yes. so the mentor should not be the nqt school leader due to the power relations uh, and and both the mentor and the mentee should prepare for the supervision uh, and i mean the session could be a combination of observation in the classroom and then a discussion or reflection on action yeah, uh, and also the principles uh, state that the scope of the mentoring should be once a week. Wow! Right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and finally, I think what's so special about the Norwegian context is that the NQTs or ECTs they are offered uh, a six percent reduction in teaching hours without reducing mm. the salaries during the first year ensuring that that time is spent on mentoring mm-hmm. gosh that's very good now yeah and that's all formalized yeah there are uh, no national legislative measures to support the effort of schools and local educational authorities in organizing the induction programs yeah. Uh, but uh, the Norwegian Ministry of Education and Research has presented recommendations about mentoring mm-hmm. novice teachers, trusting then school leaders to find approaches and practices, which mm-hmm. of course leads to the fact that the programs vary a lot. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, but the, it has the quality of the induction programs. The authorities has financed the education of mentors, mm-hmm. so that's that's why many mentors are formally qualified and school based. Yeah. So, so uh, the yeah. mentor, the mentor could be from a different school or or within the school, but but not the school leader. Is that that's right? right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and how do mentors get trained and qualified they uh, attend to a program in teacher education Mm -hmm. 
to the mentor program. Okay, and how long does that run? For two semesters. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that then qualifies them to be mentors to early career teachers? Yes. Okay. And the early career teachers get a 6% reduction in timetable and yes. they retain their pay. Mm -hmm. What about the mentors? Are they remunerated? Do they get paid? They don't get paid, but they uh, got a reduce uh, to reduce their teaching hours. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So instead of teaching pupils, they, they mentor those, mm. those hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And is that program successful, Meta? Yeah, well, that was uh, my intention when I wanted to explore um, in the project, right? Uh, yes. How did, uh, how did uh, newly qualified teachers or ECTs, how did they experience being part of an induction program? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to to look at that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And Meta, we're just going to listen to a message now, but after the message, we'll just pick up there. Mm -hmm. How did NQTs respond to the mentoring programme? Bet UK is just two weeks away. Are you ready to join 30,000 attendees, 600 plus exhibitors on seven content stages from 120 countries and see Louis Theroux, Dame Darcy Bustle, Jason Arde, Laurel Carner, Baroness Luella Benjamin, Dan Fitzpatrick, Mr PICT and so much more. I might need to bring my trainers. The best part? Educators go free. Get your ticket now at uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR. 2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit EatonX.com to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Maths is in the news again, according to the BBC News website. This time, the story is about the pass rate for GCSE resits in the subject. November results show 22.9% of maths entries were marked at grade four or above, 
down from 24.9% in 2022 and 26.9% in 2019. In contrast, the pass rates for GCSE English resits rose to 40.3%, up from 38% in 2022 and 32.3% in 2019. In England, under-18s must retake the GCSE in English and Maths if they did not achieve a minimum of Grade 4. The resits for the recent November series were marked, like the summer 2023 exams, back in line with the pre-pandemic levels. Prior to the exams, some colleges reported they were having to expand class sizes and hire additional exam space to cope with rising numbers of pupils retaking the two subjects. Those sitting the subjects in November are only a subset of the total resitting, as some pupils will not take the tests until the summer. The fall in the maths pass rate comes after government announced plans to replace A-level and T-level qualifications with a new advanced British standard, which would include some English and maths up to the age of 18. Whilst the arrival of the new Ofsted chief made many headlines across media outlets, Schools Week focused on tech issues which prevented many inspectors from accessing training. All inspectors working in schools, FE, social care and early years were due to attend mental health awareness training led by Sir Martin Oliver, which was around 3,000 staff. However, it was announced that Ofsted had experienced some technical issues and that fewer than 1,000 inspectors were able to actually access the online sessions. Ofsted did say that a recording was available, so those not able to attend would watch it back. Inspections, paused for the start of the new term, will resume on the 22nd of January. They were not paused in early years settings. Attendance is in the news again and looks set to be a key focus for all political parties as a general election approaches. In a recent speech to the Centre for Social Justice, Shadow Minister for Education Bridget Phillipson said Labour would pass a law to register and count the children taught at home, adding that it was important that local authorities know where children not in school are. Plans also included setting up more breakfast clubs. The current government has proposed similar in its schools bill, but this and many other aspects were abandoned at a later date. However, New attendance hubs are being launched in London to help reduce persistent absence. The DfE has chosen nine schools with excellent attendance rates to share ideas with others across England. An advertising campaign called Moments Matter Attendance Counts was also launched. Although some aspects drew criticism from some quarters concerned that the campaign sought to minimise mental health issues. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said Tackling attendance is my number one priority. In Wales, teachers at a high school are striking over poor behaviour of pupils and NASUWT in Wales say there are now six schools in dispute over classroom safety. Teachers in Scotland have also raised concerns about deteriorating behaviours. The TES magazine featured an article by Bill Rogers, behaviour consultant, university lecturer and author. The article focuses on possible reasons for what teachers report as deteriorating behaviours in schools and strategies to improve things. These include focusing on describing and insisting on the behaviours needed for all to learn. Also using clear assertive language and calling pupils to account for their behaviour. The full article is available online. Finally, 
The BBC has run an article on the news website focusing on how children and adults can stay healthy at the start of the new term. Officially, January marks the start of the spring term, but winter bugs like norovirus and flu are likely around for several months yet. The article focuses on five top tips. Regular hand washing, regular cleaning of high contact areas, staying at home for serious illnesses such as high fever, vomiting or diarrhoea, vaccinations where necessary or applicable, and using the NHS online services to keep informed or to seek advice. Hopefully, a healthy new year will lead to a happy start to the spring term. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Bet UK is just two weeks away. Are you ready to join 30,000 attendees, 600 plus exhibitors on seven content stages from 120 countries and see Louis Theroux, Dame Darcy Bustle, Jason Arday, Laura Carner, Baroness Luella Benjamin, Dan Fitzpatrick, Mr PICT and so much more. I might need to bring my trainers. The best part? Educators go free. Get your ticket now at uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR. 2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit EatonX.com to find out more. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about early career teachers and burnout this evening. And we've looked at a range of factors that need to be considered, including uh, you know, how they manage 700 decisions a day, symptoms that uh, early career teachers can uh, have. And we've looked at some of the things that can be put in place to ease the transition from theory into experienced practitioner. And Meta has been telling us about a mentoring project in Norway that seems to be very successful. So Meta, what are some of the outcomes then from the mentoring project that you looked at? Yeah, well, so the findings, uh, or, or maybe I should say uh, something about the participants first, because- uh, Oh, please do, yes. Yeah, the, there were 56 Norwegian ECTs or NQTs, mm-hmm. uh, and I had focus group interviews with them uh, in the spring semester of their induction year. So yeah. uh, 10 months later, uh, I collected data from a survey with the same participants. So mm-hmm. initially, there were 56 participants 
but 10 months later, 11 of the NQTs or ECTs were no longer working as teachers. Okay. Uh, and that's additionally, about 20%. that's right. And additionally, yeah. three of them were in long-term sick leave saying that they had no plans of returning to teaching. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was a big surprise for me that, uh, nearly 20% mm -hmm. already had quit, but well, but, yeah, it wouldn't be as big a surprise for me here. Okay. Yeah. We would have quite a significant dropout, particularly in the first couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. We would. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But go ahead, Matt. Yes, yeah, I yeah, yeah. So, so the participants in the study they they um, were positive to to the mentoring uh, yeah. and the support, uh, but also they experienced limitations in the induction program related mm -hmm. to stress management, to being resilient, and avoiding burnout. Yeah. So, so, so. I think the the major findings in the study indicated that uh, the beginning teachers involvement in the program eased the transition into the profession as intended, just as you mentioned. Mm. Uh, and that being said, several beginning teachers lacked support and learning opportunities in, in four areas. Uh, and the first area was uh, to set professional boundaries. Uh, as okay, we yeah. as we spoke about earlier, it, it's difficult to preserve a, a work life balance, uh, and yes. uh, and many of them wanted their lives back. They they felt that all that they did was work, eat, and sleep, uh, and several of them also had problems with the sleep. So mm. so um, yeah. yeah, so setting professional boundaries, uh, and the other area was. Uh, as we also have talked about developing communication skills to resolve conflicts with pupils. Yes. So, so yeah. the NQTs or ECTs, they, they address that they lack both experience and skills uh, in this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and okay, the, I can see that. Yeah. And the third area was um, that they addressed well-being versus working conditions. So, so well-being as a foundation for professional lives. Uh, That's interesting. Yes. Maybe yeah. we'll come back to that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and finally, then the fourth area was uh, that they lacked support and learning opportunities was promoting good health. So, okay. so I, I will just, if I may say, say something more about the findings in the study, because no participants experienced mentoring as described in the national principles or guidelines. Uh, well, what, do you, what do you mean by that? I mean that uh, the follow up was random. And it was often initiated by the NQTs or ECTs themselves. Uh, so they often didn't want to bother the mentors or they didn't want to show the mentors how miserable they felt because they thought the mentors expected them to have overcome the transition phase. Yeah. So, okay. so then, yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, they were supposed to have uh, mentoring sessions once a week, right? Uh, yes. But maybe it became once a month or once every other month. Uh, mm -hmm. And also the mentoring 
was happening in groups so that the mentoring was not individually adapted. So Meta, let's, let's not get too far away because I, I find mm-hmm. this fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of mentoring, always have been. I, mm-hmm. I, I, think it's, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic, yeah. So are you telling me then that the, um, the ECTs let the weekly meetings slip because they weren't approaching the mentors? Yes. Yeah, okay. And the, the mentors then, they were letting it slip because, did you investigate that? Be- yeah, because they had workloads as well. Uh, and they uh, were they were shortage in staff, uh, there were absence in yeah. schools. And also, of course, this was in spring 2022, in the end of the global pandemic. So the schools were struggling. Uh, yeah, that yeah. may have something to yeah. have affected the results. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one of the factors was, and I understand this, and everybody who works in schools will understand there are huge time pressures and you're always being pulled away from the task that's in front of you. Mm -hmm. So not all mentoring meetings happened. Okay. So that's a major, yeah. The second thing then is, I think you mentioned, I heard you say the mentoring became not, not in all cases, but in some cases, it became group mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Not necessarily, but mm. the but the participants in this study they mentioned that or experienced that um, when they felt that they didn't succeed, uh, it became even a bigger failure when they had to share that with. Uh, newly qualified teachers or ECTs uh, who were colleagues. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So do you mean, you know, was there a little bit of shame involved? Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. 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 I, I think shame is a big factor with, um, you know, with novice teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're, they're quite afraid that people will see them and judge them. As, mm. uh, as not succeeding yeah. Mm. yeah of course if they only knew we all began <laughs> that way yeah definitely <laughs> and, and we all learned but there is a natural human inclination to 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 cover up isn't there mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay so so that but met i still get the sense that it's not a failure i i still get a sense it's successful Yes, absolutely. Also, in mm. conclusion, the, the induction program is the transition into the profession uh, and it was positive. Uh, the, the NQTs, ECTs, they felt that they had support from the mentors, uh, mm-hmm. but it didn't appear, the program didn't appear to have had any direct effect related to teacher retention. Okay, it didn't have an impact on teacher retention, but did it have an impact, a positive impact on the teachers standing in the room then? Yeah, it did. Uh, it did. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, just, yeah. Good. Meta, 
I think there are two things we'll focus on. You said there were four main aspects to it. The third one I think you mentioned was well-being and working conditions. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of things were happening when when that was being talked about? I think that uh, well-being as a foundation for professional lives, if you if you don't function, uh, it, it's it's difficult to be uh, a newly qualified teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so was that about prioritizing things like yeah, you know, yeah, right, your, your sleep and your things like that yes mm-hmm, your work life mm-hmm. your work life balance yeah 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 and what about number 4 then you know the promotion of good health mm-hmm. what what sort of things might have been talked about there uh that was also um uh, the the things that they lacked uh support and learning opportunities in you know life skills uh, how to manage stress. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that might be things like exercise, diet, mm-hmm. maybe some techniques like breathing techniques, meditation, things like that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's very good. Yeah. And overall, was the response of the student mentees overall was it was it positive was it good yes it was positive yeah, yeah. excellent yeah so Meta, here's a here's a, a difficult question i might get into trouble for this but don't worry i'll i'll deal with that yeah would there be a case to be made from moving away not totally but in some way moving away from initial teacher education in universities and making it more school-based with mentoring uh, <laughs> i uh, i i think we need both i i think we need both um yeah. so uh, maybe to do more practical training in initial teacher education. Uh, mm. I mean, at, at uh, the University of Stavanger, we recently started a project with simulation as a pedagogical method. Um, okay. So, so basically, pre-service teachers, they practice complex skills in a safe environment. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and additionally, the simulation bring congruence then between theory and practical learned skills. So, yeah, so the sounds, yeah. yeah, so the students experience stress and stress management and share their reflections afterwards. Um, yeah, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does that happen? Could you describe a session for us? Yeah, so uh, a session would have uh, five cases related to classroom management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are teams of five pre-service teachers who are in all the sessions during the day. And mm-hmm. 
in all of the sessions, one of them practice being the teacher. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, yeah. And we yeah. and we me- we measure the stress levels, uh, and we can see that during the day uh, they manage better and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We might have something similar to that. You know, we might refer to it as micro teaching. Yes, you know, that's quite similar. Some, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 it would. It wouldn't be maybe as encompassing or, or as long as, as you're describing. Yeah. Mm. Um, Meta, t- tell me this, and we're, and we're coming towards the end now of our, uh, of our time. Tell me this. Um, mentors, in my experience, mentors can be extremely influential. I certainly remember you know, people from my career who've had an extraordinary influence. There's maybe things they told me 40 years ago uh, that I remember and would still, you know, implement what I'm teaching nowadays. Mm-hmm. So that kind of individual guidance, support, advice, um, insight, and so on, that is specific to you from someone mm. who has your best interests at heart and has a great relationship with you and so on be very 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 powerful mm. but can it work both ways like for example as a senior manager who for a long number of years had responsibility for student teachers newly qualified teachers and new teachers to the school uh, and i and i would put them through induction programs like one of the things I used to have to say to them was just be very careful who you listen to in the staff room. Because, you know, well, actually, Rachel Lofthouse is, is coming on the show shortly. We, we met her in Dublin last week and we're going to talk about staff rooms and the politics and, and what they're like. Mm-hmm. But staff rooms can be powerful places and cynics can be you know, their, their messages can be very, very enticing. They can be mm. very, you know, people can grasp onto them. Mm-hmm. What, is there any way to counter that? Does mentoring counter it or? It's so interesting. I, I have uh, not thought about that in that way, but it, mm. it, but it definitely uh, is interesting because, of course, the staff room um, influence uh, the culture in the school. And I think that mentors um, can make a difference. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think they definitely can. Mm-hmm. Yes, very definitely can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meta, we're really out of time, but one of the things I always ask guests on this show is if you had a magic wand and only one spell that you could cast, what would you say? What spell would you cast to make the lot of teachers or ECT teachers? What would you cast to make it better for them? Oh, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that, um, in my opinion, burnout among newly qualified teachers is a professional issue and not an individual problem. So uh, mm. I would I would uh, use the magic wand to to cast a spell on the working conditions to improve the working conditions, uh, mm. and let the, the the newly qualified teachers teach uh, and do what they are professionally educated to do, mm. uh, and and not. Um, I mean, this is not only for uh, NQTs or ECTs, it's also for teachers. Uh, too many teachers have uh, a lot of work tasks that other professionals both could and should do. Um, mm. mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I love what you said there that, you know, this is a professional issue and not just an individual issue. And mm -hmm. I wonder just how much the decision makers in education here, I wonder if they really view it as a professional issue and if anything is being brought to bear to, to make burnout less or avoid it altogether. Mm -hmm. Meta, let's, it's been, let's hope. Let's hope is right. Yeah. <laughs> Meta, it's been wonderful talking to you all the way up there in Norway. And I hope we get a chance to talk again. Thank yeah, you thank very much and be safe. Thank you so much for having me in the show, Paul. I really appreciated it. Great. Bye now. Bye. Thank you.